you're on mute. If you have had spent any time on Zoom in recent days, one of those video conference calls, you've most likely become familiar with what has become the catchphrase of the year. You're on mute. As we have tried to learn and familiarize ourselves with this video conference technology, we usually put ourselves on mute so people don't hear the kids screaming in the background, the dog barking, or other distracting background noise. Inevitably, we then start speaking, and people see our lips moving, but they don't hear anything, and they remind us, you're on mute. <laughs> With you're on mute becoming the catchphrase of this year, it's fitting that Pope Francis named this year the Year of St. Joseph. After all, St. Joseph is a person we didn't hear utter a single word in the entire Bible. From the perspective of us reading the Bible today, St. Joseph lived his entire life as if he were on mute. Some ladies might hear this, look at their husbands, and wish that that remote control at home had a mute button that worked on more than just a TV. While Joseph didn't talk the talk from a biblical perspective, he certainly walked the walk. We hear in today's Gospel reading about how Joseph walked the walk when he and Mary took baby Jesus to the temple to dedicate baby, their baby boy to God. And Joseph also walked the walk when he led Mary and little baby Jesus to safety in Egypt, and then when it was safe for them to return back to Jerusalem to make their home there. It was in this home that Jesus learned how to love. It wasn't so much from listening to high priests or religious scholars that Jesus learned. No, it was in this home, by watching Joseph and Mary, that Jesus was filled with wisdom and that Jesus learned mercy, compassion, sacrifice, and how to serve. I believe this is where Jesus learned to eat with tax collectors and sinners. I believe this is where Jesus learned to tie an apron around his waist and wash the feet of his disciples. Joseph knew that talk is cheap, but actions are priceless. Joseph knew that what we have to say out loud to others is nowhere near as important as how we bring the Word made flesh into our families and out into the world by the way we live our lives. With the Holy Family of Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, there was not an internal power struggle. There was no competition. Instead, there was cooperation. Everyone in the Holy Family knew their role and they lived out their role fully. Joseph cooperated with Jesus and Mary in the salvation of the world. And we are called to do the same. Looking at Joseph as a model for how we are to live our lives as if we are on mute is instructive to each one of us as we strive to live out our lives as members of a holy family. For what good is it to speak the words, I love you, to a family member if we don't let them have the last piece of cake? What good is it for us to say the words, I love you, to a baby or an aging loved one who we care for if we can't change a dirty diaper every now and again? And what good is it for us to say to Jesus, whom there's no room in the end for him, the words, I love you, if we're not willing to open our mouths, our hearts, and our lives 
so that he can make his home in us. And what good is it to say to God, I love you, if we don't take the time to come to his house, either in person, via live stream, or spiritually. What has stayed with me throughout the years is not anything that my parents said, but instead it's what they did when they took my two brothers and I to church, to God's house, every weekend. On Sunday mornings when my two brothers and I were growing up, my dad would put on his trench coat. My two brothers and I would put on our little trench coats, and we'd all get in the car with my mom and go to church together. My father taught me everything about how to be a man. He had a big part of that is going with your family to church on weekends and making God the first priority among all other life's priorities. I heard my dad tell a story once about my younger brother Steve's birth. My mom's due date was approaching just days away, and all of a sudden something went terribly wrong. The umbilical cord had got wrapped around my baby brother's neck, choking him, putting out the oxygen to the brain. So as my mom was rushed to the hospital, and they got there, my mom was wheeled right into surgery for an emergency C-section. And things were not looking good on my brother, baby brother's chances of making it. My dad went to the hospital chapel to go on his knees before God and to ask God for a miracle. I'm not sure what the words were that he spoke to God in the sounds of his heart that day in the chapel, but I think it was one of those, God, if you do this for me, I will do whatever you want with the rest of my life type of moments. There's nothing in terms of passing on the values of the faith that speaks louder to a child than seeing his father on their knees before God, praying to God. Now, of course, this doesn't guarantee anything, but it plants the seeds and makes it more likely. Research shows that one of the greatest factors determining a child's future practice of the faith is the role of the father. Two researchers named Hogg and Warner studied the passing on of the faith from one generation to another. They found that of children who grew up in a household where their mother attended church regularly, but the father did not, only 2% of those children would go on to attend church regularly when they became adults. The same study found that of children who grew up in a household where the opposite was true, where the father attended church regularly, but the mother did not, 44% of those children grew up to attend church regularly when they became adults. Being a man, being a husband, being a father, is about so much more than the man-boy image our culture presents to us. So when we look at the members of our family, do we see reflected back at us how Jesus loved us? If not, do we pray to Jesus to soften and open their hearts? And when our family members look at us, do they see reflected back at them the way Jesus loves them? If not, do the words we speak in our hearts and the actions we do welcome Jesus more fully into our hearts and lives.
These are the questions that make up the true test of a holy family. Day after day, Joseph passed this test. And he inspires us. He gives us an example to imitate. And we can ask Joseph to pray for us so that we may pass this test as well. So if the words that we speak out loud were never heard, and all that was known of our lives was the words we spoke to God in the silence of our hearts and the actions that we do, would our lives look holy like that of a saint? Now is the time for each of us to answer that question. But before you respond, remember, you're on mute.